Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the wisdom. Lord, I'm also just so grateful even just for the worship and just the learning and the reminding that you've already done through this time. Pray, Lord, that right now in this moment you would, by your spirit, just continue to draw us into your wisdom. God, that right now in this moment we would, through your spirit, be able to step away from the distractions, step away from the discouragement, step away from just some of the things that are calling for our attention and that we would just be inclined to hear from you. And Lord, we just trust that you have a word for each of us in all of our unique circumstances today. I pray that you would put a filter, a muzzle over my mouth, over anything that is not from you. May you teach us May we leave this day dining with Lady Wisdom. In your name we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who changes everything, we pray. Amen. So this morning we are starting a three-week series looking into the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. A book that we've been, if you've been in the reading plan, we're reading a proverb a day. It's been said that there's 31 31 books of Proverbs and you can just read a proverb a day. And if you don't know what one to read, you just look at, well, today is July 10th. I'm gonna read Proverbs 10, Proverbs 10. It's a great pattern, a great word that God has given us that gives very practical and sound advice for life. And in today's passage, we're looking at Proverbs chapter nine, and, and I, I believe that it's, it's giving you, it's sitting you down and, and asking you this question. Have you ever been at a moment where you have a decision to make between this or this? Or maybe you've been at that moment and you've looked back and you made the, the wrong decision, the decision towards folly, the foolish decision, and it's blown up in your face. It's one of those, I would like it to call it, this is where we fall moments. Have you had this? Kind of like anybody blow up some stuff for 4th of July? Kind of like this, I saw this video and I just wanted to show you this moment, right? If you could just play this video for the congregation. So everything's fine, right? We're just having some fun with some fireworks, right? No, no, no harm done. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like the stash caught fire. Everything's okay. Oh no. That's a lot of fireworks. My goodness. That's kind of one of those like Everything was great, and then all of a sudden, it was like World War III, right? And as, as silly as that is, there, there are these moments in life when we feel like everything is fine, and then all of a sudden, we look back, and we can watch the video in our head, the, the story in our head, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is where we fall. I remember back in 2008, when I just started as youth pastor, I had gotten a new longboard. 
it's like a long skateboard, and I thought I was pretty good at it. And one day, my friend, my, some of my friends were coming over to play cards that night, and we were, he was there, and I was like showing him my new longboard, and he was like, hey, what if, like, you hell onto the back of my truck, and like, I pulled you. And I was like, this is, yeah. I'm, I got a need for speed, and I remember on the back of the truck, and he was pulling me about 15, 20 miles an hour or so, I don't even know. It was pretty slow, and I'm yelling out, faster, faster! He's going faster, and I didn't, I, I'm not a um, trained uh, longboarder. I didn't know about this thing called speed wobbles. Have you ever heard of them? So when you reach a certain speed, you get these wobbles. Long story short, I reached that speed, and my unhelmeted head hit the asphalt, and I was concussed that night. Um, probably should have went to the doctors, but just lost in cards really bad. But it was one of those moments where you're looking back, and it's like, like, where did I go wrong? Everything seemed fun, and then all of a sudden I find myself, and it's like, this is where we fall. And today as we're looking at Proverbs 9, there's this theme in Proverbs that the author is, is telling you for those moments. And they're not just moments where, you know, it's make a really foolish decision like that. They're speaking more into lifestyle decisions and foolish, folly moments where you fall into the temptations of what we would say is lady folly. And the author of Proverbs is calling you and calling me into those moments and asking you, who will you choose? Will it be Lady Wisdom or will it be Lady Folly? There's these two options that are being, you are invited to. In this passage in Proverbs 9, it's, it's, it's like a Hebrew poem. There's this parallelism that is happening and you're, and you're, you're learning about this meal the, uh, the scholars say a wedding feast that you're being invited to from this lady named Wisdom, or you're invited to more of like this party with this lady named Folly. And you're being asked, where will you choose? And it seems to me in this passage, the author is really getting after these two decisions and this reality that we live in that we've been born into. In this passage, you're gonna see verses one through six, a description of Lady Wisdom, and verses 13 through 7, 18, a description of Lady Folly. And in a Hebrew poetry, there's this parallelism, and actually in Hebrew poetry, we tend to think linearly when we read, right? You have a start and a beginning, but in Hebrew poetry, oftentimes it's right in the center of the poem that they're having the message. And so what we're gonna do as we look at this and as we think about this decision of who will you choose? Are, are, are you with Lady Folly or are you with Lady Wisdom? We're gonna see this little side-by-side -side poem here and ask ourselves these questions. So first thing I want you to see is if, if you're looking at your Bible, I would encourage you, it's so helpful to have your Bibles open or at least your phones open and to be seeing the text come alive and so I'd encourage you to grab a Bible or to look and, look, look and see this text for yourself. But here, I wanna first look at the differences between Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Verse one for Lady Wisdom says this, wisdom 
has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. Lady Folly says the woman Folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. Seems to me that here for Lady Wisdom, we're seeing this call back to creation. Wisdom has, has built her home. If you've been following along, we just read in Proverbs 8 that, that Lady Wisdom, the wisdom itself is with God since creation. This, this call to the seven pillars, this is a hyperlink to the seven days of creation. It's saying since the beginning of time, before time, Lady Wisdom has been building this, preparing this home for you. Lady Folly, on the other hand, says she is loud, she is seductive, and she knows nothing. There's this difference. There's like home, and, and, and then there's escape. There's home, and then there's getting away. I kind of think of it kind of like home, and maybe vacation. Maybe because I have five kids and vacation is never incredibly enjoyable for a giant, fam oh, for a giant family. But it's also incredibly meaningful. But there's nothing like going on vacation, having a great time, but then coming home. And having your home and having your security and having this, this safety and this comfort of home. Right? And we see this difference here between Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Home versus escape versus there's, there's something seductive. There's something fleeting here, but it's also impulsive. It's also self kind of medicating for the moment, but it's not quite as long term over here. Look, it, it goes on. We also see a difference between a meal and a party. It says here, she, Lady Wisdom, over here, she has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Notice, it's her. She's, she's given of her meal. She's prepared something for you. This is from her. She's worked hard. She's given of her own animals that she's raised. She's set the table for you. Then we see over here with Lady Folly, it says, she sits, look at the difference in their posture. She sits at the door of her house and she takes a seat on the highest places of town. The highest places of town in, in the Hebrew story often ten times is a hyperlink or a description of the temples. And so a lot of scholars say this is probably a, a reference to false gods and false idols and idolatry. And it, it's not necessarily just, like in, in, in this, there's this sexual piece of this, but it's also just saying the things that our culture and our society idolizes. This call, this seduction, this need for attention, you see here. You see wisdom preparing a meal inviting you into something, we see folly, inviting you to escape, inviting you to this party. We also see a very real invitation and a proposition. Look at verse uh, three and verse 15. 
In verse 3, it says, for Lady Wisdom, it says that she has sent out her young woman to call from the highest places in town. Once again, now this is, a saying, this is talking about the temple of the Lord. And the, the woman that she's sending out, this is an allusion to the scribes and the, and the, the priests and the, the prophets that are going out and teaching the, the wisdom. There's a, a personal, hear this, a personal invitation to the home and to the meal. There's this depth. There's this eternal weight to this invitation. And then we go over to Lady Folly and it says that she's calling to those who pass by. There's not a personal invitation. It's more of a distraction. It's more of an escape. It says to who are going straight on their way. There are people who might have been on their way somewhere else, and then all of a sudden, Folly's speaking into them, and, and they find themselves, oh, what's going on over there? And they find themselves here. We can relate to this all the time, right? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one drink. I'll just go and look at this one image. I'll only, it's, just, it's just a little white lie. It's these little distractions, and, and folly is, is whispering and calling and inviting you into this place. And I didn't even necessarily want to be here. I was on my way somewhere else, but I find myself here. Isn't this can't we relate to this? Haven't we had times in our life, maybe even on this day, maybe even last night or this morning, where I find myself here, I was on my way somewhere else, I thought I was on the straight and narrow, and all of a sudden I find myself over here. This is what it's getting at, the, the, the wisdom versus folly. There's an invitation, and there's a proposition. And then the What's interesting is if you notice, verse 4 and verse 16 are identical. In the Hebrew poetry, it's saying both Lady Wisdom and both Folly, both Lady Folly are, are, are inviting you into it. It says this. It says that they're, they're, they're inviting and their words are, whoever is simple, let him turn in here to him who lacks sense, she said. It's setting up the tone for their invitation. What is the message that they, they're both they're both framing their invitation the same way, but they both have very different messages. This word for simple, it's, it's, it's alluding to this idea that you're sitting down, you're about to make a decision between this or that. It reminds me of this movie, The Matrix. A guy named Morpheus, what is his last name? It's been a while. And he says you need to eat from the, this pill or this pill. You guys remember this movie? And one is like the matrix, and it's like, it's like, it feels good, but it's a big lie. And the other is like this reality. And it's saying, like, you're sitting in this moment of decision. What, what will you choose? It's this moment in the poem where it's like pulling back from the two options, and it's just telling you, brother, sister, Logan, where? Whose house are you going to today? What, are, are you going to the meal prepared by Lady Wisdom or by Lady Folly? And then it tells us what the invitation is. Look at what it says in verses 5 and verses 17. It says this. Verse 5. Lady Wisdom, 
He says this, come, eat my bread. Drink of the wine I have mixed. Lady Folly says, stolen water is sweet. It happens in Vegas very easily. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. They're different invitations. Seems to me in one, we have this invitation to a meal, and I like the word to partake. There's a sharing together, a communal aspect with Lady Wisdom. But over here, it's a taking. And isn't this true of when we fall into folly? Oftentimes, it has to do with this selfish, prideful idea of, oh, I'm just gonna take this. No, it, it, nobody will know. This won't affect anybody. I'll just, I'll just take this for myself. It's a secret. What's done in secret is pleasant. Stolen water is sweet. And it's a lie. But it's this invitation for you and for me. And then the author adds really a summary of what both of these places lead to. Look at what it says. One is a way of life, and the other is a way that leads to death. First, for Lady Wisdom, it says, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the ways of insight. I love the word walk. Walking is not just, I made a decision and now I'm here. It's a step by step by step. It's a daily, moment by moment decision to say, I choose Lady Wisdom. And this is the way of life. It is a way of decision, it is an attitude of obedience. It is an attitude of submission and humility. And then over here for, for Lady Folly, it says, but he, this, the one who chooses this, does not know that the dead are there. That her guests are in the depths of Sheol. That is a reference to hell. As a reference to misery. And saying that, that you end up here and you think that, okay, I'm just here, this is great, there's this, but this leads to death. This is death. It's not just it will lead to death, it's a way of dying. It's a way that, where you don't have purpose and you don't have meaning. And we can see this, just go look at people who have went after the desires of the flesh and the, and the, and the following your heart and scratching every itch, and you find yourself over here, and you say, everybody said that if I just do these things, it'll be great, and now I'm here, and this feels empty. And we see this decision, and the question that you and I are to ask as we read this is, where are you? Where are you on July 10th, 2022? As we look at this, as we ask ourselves, am I sitting in the, in the marriage feast, the marriage meal with Lady Wisdom, or have I found myself with Lady Folly? We ask ourselves where we are. In one of the commentaries, said this, said, belief always determines your behavior, but behavior reveals what you believe. What do you believe? 
if you were to look at your life, if you were to look at your behavior, and your behavior revealed what you truly believe, even though I may be saying, I'm, I believe these things, I believe them to be true, but if I'm looking at your heart, if the Lord is looking at the heart, and he sees the things we do in secret, what is my life and my behavior revealing? I don't know about you, but when I think on that, out of honesty and transparency, I find myself here more often than not. Find myself in a bit of a space of despair. And this is where we fall. Wise in our own eyes. Remember that moment we talked about in the beginning, those moments where it's like you're watching yourself and you fall. This is where we fall, brothers and sisters. This is the reality of who we are. It says in Proverbs 26, verse 12, it says, do you see a man who, who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for him. There's more hope for a fool than for him. There seems to be something about the attitude of our hearts about these moments when we fall. And what is so interesting, what I've learned as I've been studying Proverbs is that this is meant to be a part of the whole biblical story. And the reader here should be instantly hyperlinked or transported back into the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And they're sitting, and they're sitting, and they have this choice between these two trees to eat from. Do you remember the story? In Genesis 1 through 3. And just Genesis 1 through 3, it says that the Lord gives them this tree of life, this tree of good. He's created in seven days, then six days, and he's, they're invited into rest in Eden. And there's this longing and this beauty, and there's this wisdom here that's been here since eternity. And the Lord gives Eve to Adam, and she's his helper. She's wisdom. She's everything. And then the serpent comes. And it says that there was this knowledge of good and evil. And there was this decision. And Eve chooses to eat of the fruit. And she comes to Adam and says that it was pleasing in his eyes, her eyes. There was this moment where all of a sudden... Mankind decided, I will decide what is right and what is wrong. Well, I want to be the one who has the knowledge of good and evil. You see the story? You see how Proverbs are not just a bunch of trite little words. They're all a part of the greater narrative. And we see this here in the center, in the main point of this Proverbs, in verse, in verse uh, 7 here of chapter 9, it says, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused. He who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will, still be, he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. You see, there's something about our pride and our arrogance that says, I know the way. And here, as we read this, this is meant to say, have there been times when somebody has maybe spoken a word of correction? Perhaps spoken a word of rebuke. 
And rather than receiving this, I have rejected this. The proverb here would say, you, you, this is where you fall. But then there's this call to the wise man and woman who live with Lady Wisdom, who receive this and grow in this. Do you see the difference? This is what the Proverbs are getting at here. See, this is where we fall. When we fall into, I will live life of what is wise in my own eyes. But look. Look at what's happening here. And what is so interesting for this moment of falling is the author himself is a picture of this narrative, Solomon. You know the story of Solomon in, in 1 Kings chapter 3. It talks about there was this seed of Adam and Eve that from the line of David. And as we're reading the stories of scriptures, we're following all the seed and we're looking for who's going to be the one who chooses to be wise. And we see time and time again, we think, oh, this could be the one. Not the one. David, he could be the one. Oh, there's Bathsheba. Solomon, he could be the one. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, it says that he loved God. We're like, okay, this is good. This is a good start. And it says that he prays to God, and God's, God says, Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon doesn't say, you know what? The, the world's I say, you know, riches and women and wealth, that's what I want. He says, I just want to be wise, God. He says, I'm just a child. He says, you've put me here. You have, he uses the word planted like, a, like Eden. You have planted me into this throne. And he says, Lord, I just want to lean into you, and I want to be wise. And, you're, and we're thinking, oh, it could be Solomon. Solomon could be the, the, the promised one, the one that will lead us. And we watch the story, and he starts over here. You get to 1 Kings chapter 12, and all of a sudden it takes this turn, and it says, but Solomon loved many women. And at some point, he goes from the fear of the Lord to wise in his own eyes. It's ironic, his own death, his own story, is a good testament to us in our life. Bruce Watke, a commentator, says, if one should ask, if Solomon is the wise author, how could he have died such a fool? I was listening to a podcast this week. It said, Solomon, the wisest of us fools. <laughs> it says, let it be noted that he constructed his own gibbet, sphere, on which he impaled himself. That's how he died in 1 Kings 19, 27. That is, he sees listening to his own instruction. Spiritual success today does not guarantee spiritual success tomorrow. For some of us, we could attest to that. Our testimony is, yeah, I've, I had a season of life where I was living in Lady Wisdom and then I got distracted on my own way and I found myself all of a sudden over here. And the question, where are you? Hear this, church. This is where we fall. Okay, don't miss this, though. This is where we fall. But church, this is where we begin. This is where we begin. Where are you? This is where we fall. 
this is where we begin. Look at what the author here says in verse 10. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is For by me, God, your days will be multiplied and your years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. There is a level of human responsibility in this. And church, this is where we fall. And this is where we begin. And I want you to hear this is good news. This is incredibly good news, and the question that you're probably asking yourself is what does this mean? What is next for me? What's next? How do I go from folly to wisdom? There's a word we have in scriptures. It's a word that we get, it kind of makes us squirm a little bit, and the word is repent. In the Hebrew, Hebrew word, you'll see turn. It's, it's a theme throughout this. It's turn. It's, it's not just about, hear this, it's not just about turning from Lady Folly, but turning to Lady Wisdom. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, folly. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're asking, how does that work? How, how do I turn? Because if we say we have not sinned, we make him out a liar and his word is not in us. Doesn't that kind of remind you of Proverbs 9 when you haven't, you've been a scoffer and you just say, you know what, I am without sin. I don't need a savior. I'm better than those other people. There's this level here of repentance, of turning. I've been reading in this, uh, one of the activity groups that we had was a book study um, by a guy named Dane Orton with Norm Hudspeth, one of our new elders. I'd encourage you to join our group if you want. Uh, we're going through this book called Deeper. And there's this chapter in it called Despair. And it's about the, the importance of recognizing that when we find ourselves, this is where we fall. There's a work that happens over here. There's a moment of, of repentance. There's a moment of, oh, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, right? There's a moment of saying, oh, I, I need a savior. I need someone to step into my story and I need them to yank me out of folly and to invite me back into wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is here. The fear of the Lord. Dane Ortland writes this. He says this about this, this feeling over here and wanting to be over here. He says, there's nothing noble about staying in that pit of despair. We need to experience it, but we are not meant to dwell in it. Healthy despair is an intersection, not a highway. It's a gateway, not a pathway. We must go there, but we dare not stay there. Some Christians seem to think that the Christian life is ignited with a decisive act of repentance and then fed by faith thereafter. But as Luther taught, all of life is repentance. The first thesis of his 95 thesis reads, 
when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. The Christian life is one of repenting our way forward. This is where we fall. Church, this is where we begin. This is why James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And what? You may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as a result. So I would say, as we find ourselves with Lady Folly, we repent, but we don't just repent, we believe. We believe. We believe that there is a higher power, there is, that we're not just coming to a way of life, hear this, we're coming to a person. This is where I guess, it's just incredible the way that like, God wrote the Bible and not humans. Remember back in Proverbs, there's Lady Wisdom is saying, come and eat and drink. You fast forward and we're watching the story of the narrative and we're saying, oh, I thought David was it, nope. I thought Solomon was it, nope. I thought Josiah was it, nope. And we're finding all these kings and all these people and we're thinking them and then it tells us that Jesus comes. And Jesus comes and he says this, he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am what? Gentle and lowly in heart. And you, my dear friend, brother, sister, beloved, you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe Jesus is saying, come home. I believe Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. He who eats from me will never go hungry again. He who drinks of me will never grow thirsty again. You fast forward in this chapter, just a chapter later, the Pharisees say, Jesus, we need a sign. We need a sign that, that you are. And he says this, he says, the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment of this generation and condemn. I, I wish I could get into, this is a reference to the Queen of Sheba back in 1 Kings chapter 10. If you're a Bible nerd like me, there's a work cited from the Bible Project, I would encourage you to go listen to that podcast. There's some incredible nuggets here that we just can't get into, but you should. But look at what Jesus says. He says, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, look at what Jesus says, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus himself said that he is the wisdom. He is the wisdom that Proverbs 8 says was there since the beginning. In 1 Corinthians chapter one, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, and I try to close with this passage. Don't miss this. Read this for yourself. Look at this story. Look at what God is teaching us about wisdom. It says this. See, there's this gracious calling when Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, it's a gracious calling. There's nothing that I deserve to be over here. There's nothing that I can do. Out of, I, I deserve to be over here. But Jesus invites us. Look at what it says. It says, for consider your calling, brothers and sisters. 
Not many of you were wise. This is where you fall. According to worldly standards, not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. But as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In the, in the Lord. The connection right back to Proverbs 9, right back to our call towards humility and honest repentance. So the question that I ask you, I ask myself today as we think, what is next? I believe the Lord is calling his people to be a people who repent, who believe, and repeat. Let us not be like Solomon who says, I, I, I prayed that prayer one time, and then all of a sudden I started to see things that were wise in my own eyes. We are a people who repent, believe, and repeat. And we do it in community. My family, we've been working on this. My son Jude, we've been talking about our emotions. And in particular, in me and my boys, there's a struggle with this thing called anger. We have these moments that we talk through where, you know, I, I wanted to be wise. I wanted to have this fear of the Lord, and I wanted to not, to, but I find that I, that I act out. And I find that I've been distracted. And this past week, um, on Monday mornings, I don't know if you guys know this, but our elders pray for all of our prayer requests that come in on our Connect cards. And without my knowing, my, I asked my son, Jude, if I could share the story. He told me I could. He, he wrote in the Connect card, which he put in the offering, and asked our elders to pray for him for his anger. Out of the mouth of babes. And he realized something as he was sitting here, that there was something that God was stirring up him, a fear of the Lord in him, that knew that there's something that's not right in the way that I live and, and I want to live over here, but I, but I need prayer. I need the faith community. I need my elders to pray for me. And I thought about him, and I, and I thought about you, and I thought about us, and I thought about how often do we call out to a brother, call out to a sister, and say, I need prayer. I, I got this struggle, and I find myself over here. And, and, and I want to live over here. And I believe that repentance is, there's a call, there's a, there's a confession to say, I have sinned against God. There's a prodigal son moment, I'm no longer worthy to be called your, 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 your son, just make me a servant. And God just says, I, I'm your patient father, come into my arms, come home. And I think of my son Jude, and he got a, he got a note later that week from one of our elders, and the elder said this, he said, Jude, I know this because I have struggled with anger. And he said, but you know what I found? He said that when I cry out to Jesus and I ask him to help me, he does. 
And I have found over my life that Jesus has been the one who helps me with this. And I would just encourage you, my dear brother, my dear sister, I don't know what your struggle is, but I know that you have a struggle. I don't know what your folly is, but I know that she's screaming at you and telling you, come over here, escape over here, just follow your heart. And I know that today Jesus is once again saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I would encourage you to call out to Jesus. The name Jesus, it means Yahweh is salvation. Let us be a people. As we ask this question, who will you choose that we just say, yes, this is where I fall, but this is where I begin. And may we be a people who begin with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for feeding us with your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the examples of Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And Jesus, we know that you are wisdom, that all the treasures are found in you, that you call to us, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And Lord, I just know with, with, with just the world we live in, with the, the flesh that I struggle with, I just know, God, that we can easily find ourselves in despair. We can easily find ourselves wondering, I don't belong. I've wandered away, prone to longer wander, Lord, I feel it. And Jesus, I pray today that each of us hears that gospel call. That yes, we confess our sins, but there's an absolution. There's a, my grace is sufficient for you. There's a, for God so loved, his, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. May we receive May we receive you. May we follow in your footsteps. May we live in your ways. And may you continue to teach us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as we respond in worship, that we would join with the millions and billions of people who have come to know you, who have just said, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God, I pray that this would be a moment of beginning. And I pray, Lord, that as we read Proverbs, that you would use it. Teach us your wisdom. In your